Welcome to Eagle Nation. Don't forget to join us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter so you never miss an episode. It's a final siren and Eagles players and fans would have hoped for that final siren to be at quarter time because after that it was a train wreck in motion. But we will try and find some positives from that wreckage. I found two. We stopped Charlie Kerno getting 10 and we're in the box seat to get Harley Reid. But before we get into the show, I'll welcome uh, Dan. How you going, mate? Yeah, not bad, mate. Yourself? Yeah, not doing too bad. We're doing this via Zoom this week, so a bit different, so not in the studio. Uh, Wayne couldn't be here, so unfortunately a late commitment come up. They couldn't get out of. Um, thanks, Tom, at um, Plus Fitness in Subiaco, Hillary's and Jindalup. He's our sponsor. Get onto our socials, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter, or just go to Linktree. It's all there. You can just... You can download the shows from Linktree. So if you're not under that, that's where you should be going, the one-stop shop. Let's get into the game straight away, Dan. We'll talk about where it was won, the key players both sides, the players that failed to step up and the stats across all the lines. For those who didn't see the game or didn't want to see the game, Carlton 23-14, 152 defeated West Coast. Four, uh, six goals, 8-44. So that's 108 points. And that's basically tells you a whole story there, doesn't it, Dan? <laughs> yeah, that's it. I mean, we lost a couple of weeks prior by forty, you know, and, but you felt like it was they fought it out, so you you were okay with that because you know where you are. But once you hit that hundred point margin, oh, it's painful watching. That's for sure. Well, where it was won, we don't have to say where it was won because it was we, we didn't win anywhere on the ground. Carlton had one hundred and forty eight uncontested possessions more than us, 80 more marks, and this is the biggest one. Carlton took 29 marks inside their 50, 29 marks, and West Coast took four for the whole game. Um, that there is an annihilation saying where the ball was for most of the time. Uh, they had 12 individual goal kickers, six players who racked up 30 disposals, um, yeah, and Kerno, nine goals, three from 18 disposals, 14 marks. Um, when yeah. did it go wrong? <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what hurts because now Kerno's got the record most goals kicked there. You know, Kennedy and Franklin had it before two WA boys, so that was you know you prefer that. Um, where did it go wrong? <clears throat> I don't even know where to start. So there was this was the hardest game to vote on your best three Eagles players because. No Eagles player gave out a rounded performance. You had Kelly, who tackled hard and gusted out, and the starting slow being tagged one possession in the first quarter. He ended up with quite a lot, but these disposal efficiency was atrocious. It was in the 30s. I think it ended up with 37 or something like that. And I felt that was the game in a nutshell. You know, um, Hunt had a great game, but then he had seven direct turnovers because he was um, – because we're so under the pressure, he would bomb it forward, you know, and they'll just intercept it and straight back in. Um, so that was the most painful part. But you sit there and you think, right, you're sick of hearing about injuries. Like, we're sick of hearing about – but it is a reality. 17 unavailable players there. 18 now. 18, yeah, but for that game. And you just – you can't – it doesn't matter what team you are, you can't have a list like that. 
You no. hear a lot about the coach, but the coach isn't the doctor and the coach doesn't control injuries. You know, that's out of his ball game. And we're rebuilding side, but this is where the injuries hurt is a double blow. So forget about the senior plays. Forget your best 22, you know. When you're rebuilding, there's players like Cody Virgil or Virgil, yeah. who I like. We, talk, we spoke about in the Waffle. We played a couple of games in the Waffle. We like Lukov. That's one. you got Hoff, young Hoff, and he won, you know, best rising star basically for the Eagles last year. He's injured, not playing. We know along who we've loved at the beginning of the year, not playing. Chesser, who we really need to get games into, not playing. And Hewitt, not playing. So right off the bat, there's five of these players that you would want playing in the rebuild. So right now, it's just it's a lose-lose situation because we're not really rebuilding with the side that we want to rebuild with. And we're getting hammered because we don't have the senior players in either. So we don't have the youth, as much of the youth in as we'd like, and we don't have the senior players in we would like. And realistically, I look at that and I'm not I'm not giving any player a copper. I think 10. I think if Simo had a full list, that coach would have 10 changes in that side. So effectively almost half the squad would be changed. Um, and it, it shows it's just... And as I said, I was so proud of how they cuffed it out the last two weeks. Um, But then this week, that was just – it was one of the worst performances we'd seen. And I was hoping the 100-point losses are gone past us. But realistically, I think where we're at, we're rebuilding. I think we need to prepare ourselves that losses like that will happen again. Um, And just quickly, my last thing on it, I like you try to find positives. I try and stay positive. Only ones I could really find was um, Oscar Allen kept his um, run of consecutive goals um, again. Yeah, so he's gone all year kicking. He's only Sorry, was five that? people this year to kick a goal, two goals or more on every yep. game. Yep, so that's a plus. And then as a whole, right, we are, even though it's playing watch, we are exactly where we need to be. You touched on maybe get Harley Reid with pick one. Um and we are where we need to be. So you compare that to right now Richmond's down the bottom. They have pick three, right? And then Freo's bottom five, so they have pick five. Neither of those teams has that pick. No. Nah. So right now we're bad, but we are going to be paid off of our mediocrity. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mediocrity. Like we've got a reward at the end, like that dangling carrot to help us bounce back. So even though we're in a bad position, you'd rather be us right now than you would say Freo and Richmond, who are still right down the bottom but don't have their first-round picks. I don't think Richmond has their second round either. And, geez, I don't know if Freo has theirs. Um, so they're my only positive. One big picture is we need to rebuild, so we need to get this talented youth in. And then second is, you know, there's a couple of teams around us that don't have their picks. So imagine being supporting those teams. Yeah, well, yeah, look, they're all good points. Um, and like you said, uh, yeah, they've given away their draft picks. Uh, in the game, we were just monstered everywhere on the ground. Um, I'm just going to look at their midfield. Blake Aik is 34, Cripps 33, Hewitt 32, Newman, Newman 34, Walsh and Chera 30 each. That was six players in the 30s before we even had our highest, which was Tim Kelly with 27. And as you said, Tim Kelly only touched it once in the first quarter. Um, you know, Adam Saad, 25 touches off a halfback flank with five rebounds. Sam Doherty, uh, 24 off the halfback with five inside 50s for a halfback flanker. 
that just tells you that we just didn't run. We didn't we didn't compete. We were monstered at the ball. Uh, the pressure rating was high for Carlton. Ours was low as. But there was another positive that I could pick out of this side, and he's one of your favourites in the X-Man, um, Xavier O'Neill. Probably played his best game for our club. Kicked two goals, could have had three, and for once he won't get dropped. Well, he shouldn't get yeah. dropped. I don't, I don't think they have the players available to drop. That is good because, yeah, he is one of my favourites, but I'm not beating around the bush. He is one that is playing for his future. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, there's a few that are really are, and I'm not talking about retirements, I mean, will be get uncontracted, you know, and he's one of them. So he's got to do that. He's got to do that at a consistent level. Um, so I was really happy to see him do that. Um, he just now needs to back it up um, and keep doing it because – these players, their futures are kind of in their own hand. They need to perform and perform at an elite level to get another contract. Because as I said, we are rebuilding. We are getting these going to get these young draft picks in. So the talent will over the next two years start to be dribbled back into this side. So they're going to be vying for your position. So well, I you need to form week in week out. I don't know if you saw on the run sheet, but I put in the. I put a list of players and I had them colour-coded. So Tim Kelly, Jaden Hunt, O'Neill, Jones, Duggan and Hearn, that, 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 they went out and they had a crack for the whole game, um, worked their asses off. The next sort were Andrew Gaff, Wiverton, Luke Edwards to a certain degree, Tom Barras, Oscar Allen, Bailey Williams. They were the next lot that probably didn't have great games but didn't have good games. But the guys that were quiet and – yeah, have a look at him in isolation. Jai Carley had a great game the week before, got the rising start. In this game, Harley sided him and, you know, he did a few pressure acts, but that's about it. Jack Darlin, somebody said to us he looks injured and maybe he is because he just fumbled everything and last week he fumbled everything. So, I don't know, maybe he's carrying an injury. We don't know. Jake Waterman is probably his worst game for the club. He hardly did anything. Sam Petreski's seat, and I thought he had a crack in the first half, but wasn't really sighted, and now he's gone a week for a suspension for a high tackle, and he's already got a cork in his in his car, so he's already gone for the next week. Jack Petricelli, now he's one of my favourites, one of your favourites. On Adam's side, he was there to run with him and run off him, and at the ground, I don't think he went within five metres of him the whole night. And I'm sitting there going, I know you're fast, Petrol, but you can't give a guy like that five metres for the whole night. Didn't wear him once. And, you know, when he, he did a couple of good little things, Petrocelli, but to me he just got creamed again. And this is where fans get frustrated with his output. He just seems like he doesn't know what he's doing. Um, and quickly, Connor West, he looked like a midget compared to Patrick Cripps. I, I felt sorry for him. A thankless task. He was on a guy heaps bigger than him. Luke Foley didn't even know where he was running at one stage, and Josh Rotham had a shocker. Is that a fair assumption? Yeah, yeah um, I, I would have gone further. I don't think anyone had a good game. I, and I'm not. Oh, I'm just trying to find positives in. I'm not, yeah, I'm not. I'm not being bitter at all. I am very positive, and um, I'm not crucifying anyone. Obviously. Um, there is things I like. Like I said, I like the fact Kelly fought back and these things. Um, he had Williams as a good player, but, like, he was beaten in the rut. Like, yeah, his numbers were yeah, crack. 
yeah, so it's like if you've lost that, um, you know, I, even Jermaine Jones, I would say, had an okay game, but he had 15 disposals, 13 were uncontested, so he got no hard ball. It was all whatever he got was given to him. And then you're a defender and we're getting smashed by 100 points. So how do you give votes to defenders? Even Hearn, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I know they tried and there's a lot of things like pressure. But I'll tell you one thing I did like is late in the game they put Petch in the middle. They got him out that forward line. Um, yeah, but it's too I just like. It, I, I get mate. It was 100 points, you know. It's, yeah. I, I was over the, you know, it was over in the first half, mate, so everything was too little too late. But um, I just liked him in the midfield. He um, showed a little bit of run then and uh, he got his hands to the ball. wasn't the cleanest. We all know that. Um, but, yeah, I did like that little change. And um, Yeah, and like I said, when he gets the ball and he runs with it, he looks really, really good. But he just yeah. doesn't get the ball enough for me and he just doesn't put himself in the position. It's like he doesn't know how to read the play. And to run with Saad, all he had to do was run with him all night and there was times you don't see it on TV. Saad was down on the half forward flank, and I look back and Petrocelli's on that half forward flank with his arms on his hips, and I'm thinking, well, you know, if we didn't have the injuries, you wouldn't be playing next week. And I just thought, from a coaching perspective, everyone's cane in the hell out of Simo, but he did make one error for the night, and that was starting Rhett Bezo as a sub, especially yeah. with the tall forward line. I just that dumbfounds me, but. Who knows, he might not have been fully fit, but I feel for Simo because all I read is sack Simo, get rid of Simo, and do these people realise that it wouldn't matter if you had Kevin Sheedy or you had the best coach in the world, they ain't going to change turn things around with the injury list we've got and the you know, yeah. people on there. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's the thing because you, you, as supposed, we're sick of hearing about the injuries, but they're there. It's a yeah. reality. It's not like we're sick of hearing about it so it's not an issue. And, yes, other teams have injuries, but other teams, it's not to their key personnel. It's not to their best young kids. As I said, I reckon if you took out in, – in, well, there's more games missing on the injury list than there is playing in the side right now. Yeah, so that's, like a, that's a damn 1,700 games yeah. this week. And our, in, our injury list would beat that side. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if they were fit and that was a separate team, that they would win. <laughs> Just um, what we saying? Oh yeah, about the height and the backline. Yeah, I heard that a bit. But Bazo, all right. So he might have gone in that game sore. We don't know. Yeah, but yeah. how 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 tall is Kerno? Do you know? I'm putting you on the spot here. Oh, I think he's one ninety four. Okay, how tall was Rotham? One ninety three, ninety two. I think. I'm checking out. Okay, so you're pretty close. No, he's 195, Kerno. Rothner's 194. All right. So to me, that was a good matchup for him. He just got a toweling. When there's only one centimetre difference, you've got Hearn come in and he plays tall. You've got Barras on the bigger (sighs) McKay. Kerno just plays taller than he actually is. McKay's taller. But you could have got Barras on. Yeah, but. You could have rotated him. You know what I mean? You you could have, but you've still got. When you only got Barras and you only got Rotham, and then the rest are all what one ninety or below. I just I don't know. It, it's 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 in hindsight, isn't it? Now I just thought he would have been with, with the the height of the whole team. We were tiny. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I get that. But what I mean is I don't think we lacked the height in defence to cover him. That wasn't the issue. The way they were played was they weren't manning him up enough. They weren't bumping into him. They just made it look easy. It, to me, it wasn't a height issue. Because um, I said, Hearn plays taller than he is. Uh, Rothman was only giving up one centimetre, and Barasta McKay would have been the same. And, you know, Wayne, Wayne loves this, but it was like, you know, you're a defender, you defend, and... Back in the day, that was your man. You manned up. It was one-on-one footy. You know, Wayne says it all the time. So you don't rotate the players on them. You have one player and that's your player. So with the Bazo thing, I'm not as critical. I understand what people are saying, but I think they underestimate the size difference between Kernel and Rotham when they say that, where he's only the one centimetre. Um but as you said, it is a hindsight thing. Kernel got off the hook, so it would have been a good lesson for Bazo at least. Oh yeah, um, Look, it was a good lesson for Rotham because, like you said, he got he got pantsed, mate. He got there was probably oh, at the ground. You could see the frustration on his face. He just sometimes oh. he was just you know it was the way it was coming in, the the way the ball was coming in. I, I would have hated to be a backman. I would have just been fuming. Um, and I, I put it down to I, I looked at our midfield across the board, and at one stage there was Luke Edwards. Greg Clark and Andrew Gaff, and none of them have got any pace, and they just got blitzed three times in a row. And I'm sitting, you only can go with the personality you got in the park, but sometimes you got to switch it up. And we just got killed in all facets in the midfield. It was like it was like watching uh, an AFL side versus a waffle side to me in the middle because well, that's how effectively. Sorry, yeah, but effectively that's what it was too, yeah. wasn't it? If you think about. So it was, it was a waffle side in there. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, I just thought too, and I'm glad you did mention Simo because he cops it a lot. And, like, did you know we're supposed to, before this game, I think we still are, we're ranked in the top five for ground ball gets. Now, that was a stat we were appalling at, you know what I mean? Everyone can see them all play on style. Um, oh, yeah. And then everyone... And also, we listed five kids that you would come in there or be at least rotating that aren't there. So as a coach, his hands are tight. You hear things, he's not making changes. Well, we you touched on Waterman. I saw Waterman back. I saw Waterman forward. I see yeah. Waterman in the ruck. You know, we had Duggan. We had Petch. We had Clark. We had Callie. We had Gaff. We had Jimby. We had Cully. West, I think you said, was on Bryce Gibbs sometime. So all these players are rotating through the middle. So he was making changes. It was just such a thrashing. That I understand people not thinking he was making changes, but it was there. It's just nothing was working. Um, you got a fascination, man, yeah. with Bryce Gibbs, mate. You just said him again. <laughs> what is with that? I did that last week too. <laughs> Bloody Crips. Gibbs, Crips, it's too similar, mate. It's too similar. Thank God we um, thank God they didn't have Gibbs. <laughs> yeah, Jesus, it's all we needed. I want um Yeah, I just I'm just glad that game's over, but I think as supporters, and I understand because it's so hard to watch, it's painful to watch, they've just got to understand um, it's not accepting, it's acknowledging where we're at. We're yeah. a rebuilding team and a rebuild team that has been smashed. So they want to rave about the coach, but majority of those people that were raving about the coach and fire the coach were like Sam Mitchell's and a star, you know what I mean? Well, Sam Mitchell's team's around us. You know, they're like, oh, I should have got as the car to the gun. Well, North Melbourne's another one around us, you know. And Rebuilds are messy, and they, they are, they're messy. 
and it's going to be messy to watch. I had a couple of uh, discussions and arguments with a couple of people today, and we were talking about uh, West Coast from 2018 to, and I picked out another side ago, and just bear with me, so it's got a bit trying to get to the point. We, we picked out Collingwood, and they just happened to be on top of the ladder, and we're on bottom of the ladder. And the people going, oh, well, you know, how come we're not doing that? They're not that much similar to us. I, I broke it down. I broke it down. Eagles from 2018 only got 13 players left and Collingwood have got 11. And then I looked at what they bought in. They've had more people traded in than us. We've only had five people traded in. They've had nine people traded in. So we've gone to the draft more than they have. But to get to the point is, I said, if you took Dugowie out, if you took Sidebottom out, if you took Pendlebury out, which he was the other day, uh, you took Taylor Adams out and you took, say, any other player like a Dacos out, do you think Collingwood would be sitting on top of the ladder? No, they wouldn't be. So that's where you got to put things into perspective, guys. When we had a full list at the start of the year, we played really good against the Giants. We, we won. We were dominant. Um, but then, unfortunately, against Fremantle. We looked good against Fremantle. We had seven players go down and we, you know, 10 minutes into the last quarter, we were two points down, three points down. So there is differences there, but it's not all doom and gloom. But at the end of the day, you only can play the players that you got out in the park. And when you can only train with 24, 25 people, people are going to have to expect that we're probably going to have a few more massive hidings this year. Yeah, we will. And um, the Collingwood one, I find these things comical because it's not an even competition. Yeah. Like, uh, not Josh, who's a star, but Moore and the two Dacos brothers, all father-sons, so free hits for them. Yeah. And it's amazing how a, a talented young kid that's AFL-ready can make a difference. Oh, yeah. So they basically got this once-in-generation payee, Nick Dacos, in. And, of course, it's a free hit for them. And, you know, they went over the salary cap. They've done bad things, you know. And as you said, they brought McStay in. You know, he's a great player. Young Bobby Hill's a great young player. So they brought players in. But if anything, that should be a sign of that you can turn it around quick. And another thing about Collingwood is they've won. Uh, two years ago. Well, the last two months. weeks. But they yeah, won, uh, I think, 10 out of the last 13 games. They've been behind at three-quarter time. Yeah. So it's great they got over the line. But if that's such close games, and even the last two games have been won by less than a goal, you take Nick Dacos out of that, arguably their best player right now, even though he's really young, you take that star kid out of there. They suddenly don't win those 10 yeah. out of 13 games. They suddenly probably don't win on the two games on the weekend. And then they're the middle of the pack. And people got to realise we haven't got our Nick Dacos yet. We've got stars that could probably rival him in the future. Um, hey, but not right now, not ready, not ready-made. Like, nah. Hewitt's going to be a gun. I love what Hewitt, I've seen of Hewitt in the juniors. Um, Jimby's going to be a gun. We Surprised Packer and Noah Long. Chester's an unknown right now. Um, but it's one of those things that's like some players burst out onto the blocks and some players take time. Um, you know, you've got Maddie Prittis, who is a Brownlow medalist. Didn't get picked up to what he was 21. You know, um, Josh Kennedy, um, obviously Swans Josh Kennedy. He was traded out and yeah. became one of the best best midfielders in the competition and best contested. He might have the stat him, I think Salwood might have just chipped him, but one of the highest ever in the AFL for contested possessions. 
you know, so some plays do take a bit longer. Um, but, yeah, you take that gun out, Nick Dacos, because everyone's saying he's winning the brown run. He very well could be. You take him out of that side and then give them just a couple of injuries, not 17 injuries, and yeah. suddenly they're not the same side yeah, now. Yeah. They've had so many close wins. One star player out changes the whole dynamic of that side. We're, we're, we're basically and how, how, Sorry, how, one more thing. Yeah. And how often do they travel? <laughs> I know yeah, it's always brought up with Collingwood. Yeah. They never travel. So let's be honest. Like, easy to and, rebuild when you're not the fact that it is, you take any a bulk of stars out of any team, they're going to struggle. Um, but like you said, we haven't got a generational player, but we will have. And he will. I'm trying to work out which number he's going to have next year. I'm just going through the list. I don't really want to. I don't want to delist anyone just yet. <laughs> so I'll give him number fifty. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, look, he's going to be. If we can keep that number one, it'll come down to the Hawthorne game probably. Look, at the end of the day, Carlton killed us. They taught us a lesson. They taught some of those young guys. Um, a few lessons in the game and, you know, at the end of the day, we've only had six defeats over 100 points. So that's pretty good for a club that's been in the competition 30-odd years. So there's going to be a couple more coming. We know that, but just expect it. And before you type into Facebook or Instagram, think about what you're going to write, guys out there, because sometimes some of the shit I'm reading, it's just – it looks like you don't know what you're talking about. So, and and most of us don't because unless we're in the inner sanctum of the club, we don't know what's going on. Um, imagine being Simo. Imagine being one of the players. Um, you know, at the end of the day, we would just want to see effort. We want to see pride. Was it shown on Saturday night? Probably not. But you know, they learn from it. And the problem is, if they keep turning up, not giving an effort, that's when you're going to be. That's when you're going to probably be a bit pissed off. I went in there with a sneak, like we said on the last show last week, I went in with a sneaky feeling that he was going to win this. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Um, oh, I had a, a sneaky feeling too that they weren't in good form coming into this game. And, and it was just but like, I said wow. they had all the pieces and all the pieces just clicked. It was crazy. Oh, well, look, you know, it's been a dark weekend. The Waffle side went down by 111 as well. But, again, personnel, you'd have players on the park. They didn't have any. They had five. So, look, it was just going to hold in there. We said it last week. We'll probably say it again a few more times this year. Just, yeah, hang hang, hang tough there, guys. Um, you know, because things turn around and Collingwood have proven two years ago they were on second bottom of the ladder. Now they're in finals contention, uh, one of the grand final favourites. So things can turn around. And if you don't have injuries, it makes a lot of difference. And, you know, you do, I know you want to retire a lot of the older players out there, but you can't retire them all at once because then if you retire them all at once, we'll be down the bottom for a hell of a lot longer. So, Use that when you're thinking about retiring players. So, but anyway, that's it. Next week, hopefully, we're talking a bit more positively, uh, talking about a better effort. And you know, we're coming up against Richmond at the MCG, and you know, they're not going that great either. So, who knows? Anything can happen, Ada. Yeah, that's it. Um, they haven't got their injury list as long as long as ours, though. So we'll no. see how that goes. But no. All right, until next week, guys, uh, that's uh, Wazer and Dan from Eagle Nation, and we'll speak to you again this week with Bounce Down. Hopefully Wayne can join us on the show. All right, catch you, Eagles.